Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, April 22nd. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by Fran Mirabella. Good morning. Happy to be back. You look and... fantastic, Fran. Fantastic. <laughs> look at that beard. Like the hair and a beard, it is so insanely dark. Things get lost <laughs> in that. They're not coming back out, man. It, yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny because my camera's a little higher contrast, so I'm sure in person it's not quite this dark. But, yeah, it was just, you know, everybody always asks me, like, it's been a joke on the show, like, grow the mustache, keep a mustache. and um, I've never I meant it as a joke. Like, you grow that damn mustache yeah, well, okay, out one day on its own. It's an, it's an ongoing request. Because right now, anyway. you're looking like the Italian abominable snowman, and I fucking love it. Look at that. <laughs> I nailed it. I nailed God, it. I got to get some sun, man. Uh, oh, I love right. that. That is fantastic. But that's not what we're talking about, because this is kind of funny games daily. And let me tell you, there's a lot, a lot of news there's to talk about. But, oh, yeah, there's so much, so much to do. Uh, today, we're talking about a new AAA PlayStation IP, even more new exclusive PlayStation games, even more PlayStation updates. Xbox is adding even more FPS boost games to the list and so much more because this is kind of funny games daily where each and every weekday right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we come at you live with all the video game news that you need to know but if you can't watch live that's cool you can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com to watch it in video form later but if you want podcast form search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we'll be right there for you also, little housekeeping for you. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, the nanobiologists, Tom Bach, Trent Berry, and Black Jack. We appreciate all of you so very, very much. We're brought to you by DoorDash, ExpressVPN, and HelloFresh, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have eight stories today. A baker's dozen! It's a, it's a lot for this show, and these are pretty dense stories, too. We got some big shit, friend. You excited for this? I am, yeah. I, I was saying, like, I can just sit here and nod, and then the show will be over. There's, so there's, a, there's yeah. a lot of news to be read, That's a lot of story. things, a lot of quotes that we want to get right. Let's start it off with the first story. A new AAA PlayStation multiplayer IP has been announced. This is from the PlayStation blog. Uh, PlayStation has announced a new AAA multiplayer IP is in development with the veteran developers at Firewalk Studio, a team that includes former talent from Bungie, Microsoft, Activision, and Pixar. There you go. Some top heavy hitters there. Uh, we get some that. nice quotes from Tony Hsu, who is the Firewalk Studios studio head. There's a moment that happens almost every day in our multiplayer playtest where someone jolts out of their seat, laughs, and says to no one in particular, did you just see that happen? These amazing and unpredictable moments in gaming are the sparks that occur when playing with others, future memories ready to be replayed and retold. We started Firewalk Studios in 2018 with this kind of spark at the heart of our games. It's why I used to stay up until 2 a.m. playing Fantasy Star Online, uh, night after night with the same group from Server 9, or how the neighbors who showed up at my NYC apartment to complain about the noise ended up jamming with us and rock band instead for others on our team it was spending nights with the crew searching and finding the perfect last armor set piece in diablo 2 making the online qualifiers and competitive halo tournaments or skipping studying for a, a math final to play in a left for dead 2 land party it's a next generation AAA studio and part of the probably monsters family we've carefully assembled an amazing and diverse team of best-in-class talent who are focused on creating these moments everyone here brings a deep passion for games and the art of making them we have a saying at firewalk build a great team build a great game one leads directly to the other the probably monsters world-class operations team and infrastructure has allowed us to focus on doing both better fostering a sustainable development culture where people come first at delivering great games. Our collective leadership team is no stranger to building memorable multiplayer experiences. Ryan Ellis, our game director, was a creative director on Destiny. Alina Segman, our executive producer, was a producer on Guitar Hero 2, Bioshock Infinite, and multiple Destiny releases. Our deeply talented team has helped bring to life franchises like Mass Effect and Apex Legends. Combined with my own experience and thousands of hours played on Call of Duty and Destiny, we've had the opportunity to deliver some of the decade's biggest experiences to gamers and we're and we've loved it 
Today, we're thrilled to announce a partnership with Sony Interactive Entertainment for our new original multiplayer game. For our team, the opportunity to create new worlds and inspire more amazing moments for players around the world is the fire and ambition that keeps us going. The PlayStation team has a deep love and respect for the medium of games and some of the best expertise and capabilities in the world to help make big ambitions a reality. We're already hard at work on development and have been having a ton of fun playing our game as a team. In fact, while we continue to grow our team during this challenging last year, it was our daily online playtest that provided the most consistent consistent point of joy and connection for our crew. The fun and laughter of playing together brought us closer, even if we were physically apart. Our goal is to be able to deliver that same joy to gamers, and we can't wait to share what we've been working on when the time is right. We're very fortunate to love what we do, making games. There's more game making in front of us, but in the meantime, we'll keep playing the incredible games this industry creates and generating a few more sparks of our own. That was a lot, but I wanted to make sure I got it all in there because I think it tells a very interesting, very, very good, positive story. Fran, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that I come back to the show and then there's some Destiny-related news at the top of the show. Um, yeah, I mean, it's across the board here, though, that they've got really high-level talent. And, you know, I've seen a lot of announcements like this in my time. And sometimes you're not sure if it's going to be, like, a smaller game. Um, still could be very high quality, of course. But in other words, is it a big, big game or is it smaller? And this, to me, sounds, yeah, like a bigger endeavor um they do talk about it being triple a and the amount of talent that they're putting into it so i'm excited and mentioning two things you know fantasy star online and destiny um two faves of mine i mean i'm now i'm getting psyched up thinking is this yeah is this like an a multiplayer online rpg inspired is it a shooter as well you know uh it seems like it <laughs> there's a lot of talent in there from shooter studios what do you think I mean, I think this is great, and I think that like you're, you're right about him name-dropping the specific games and specific moments. Like uh, There was another uh, interview that I was reading in addition to this blog post that was talking about the same guy saying how important story is in games, but story doesn't necessarily need to be the narrative being told. Story is these moments, these, these gameplay things that happen in a, in a multiplayer game. That's your story with the game. And I like that it seems like that is their entire pitch for what this game is going to be. And the the team that they have, of course, the, the pedigree sounds crazy and insane. But I love that at the end of the day, something that we, we often don't talk about is that these game developers are gamers. You know, they are just trying to create new experiences like the experiences they have played and enjoyed for, for years, right? And all of these stories to me do add up to be a, a very interesting meld of what can a multiplayer game look like in 2022 2023 and beyond incorporating these elements together like all the things that he was talking about like the best moments of that rock band jam session and some fantasy star online and left for dead land parties (laughs) and halo tournaments like all of that what what is a game that is just aiming to uh, like to to trigger those feelings in those moments over and over and over right and on top of that playstation is severely lacking in exclusive multiplayer ip like when it, when you look at their library that's not what they're known for right now yeah and it's funny, that was one of the other points i was going to bring up is um it really struck me when ghosts of uh tsushima came out such a high quality stunner obviously from a studio they already had but um i was like man they this is their assassin's creed basically right you know they now have and have succeeded in making their own assassin's creed in their own way and top of that they added you know these other elements to it that dipped into uh the looter you know destiny type thing with that so anyway now i'm looking at this thinking the same type of thing i'm like wait are they now adding to the portfolio right they got action rpg with god of war they've got you know uh like i said the um ghost of tsushima for assassins and is this their maybe destiny everybody's chasing the destiny model um in one way or another whether it's you know avengers or it's outriders in its own way even though it's not a game as a service and division and so on so i'm curious if this is sony's investment in that category uh, you know the looter category perhaps yeah no i think that i, I definitely think that it is and i but i i think that it i'm hoping at least that when when we're looking at all this i think the story being told is they are trying to put this up there with a lot of the other the quality level experiences we expect from exclusive PlayStation titles, even though this isn't a PlayStation Studios game uh, exactly. But mm-hmm. them looking at the the portfolio, and they want this to be a multiplayer game that stands up there next to Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us and Uncharted and yeah. God of War and blah, blah, blah. And like that's a tall order, especially with everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks in, in regards to like Days Gone and the yeah. sequel not 
getting past pitch and all that stuff. Like they don't want to be putting out these games and they don't want to talk about these games unless they're going to be in that echelon of quality. And the, the multiplayer nut is one that hasn't been cracked. Like what you're talking about with everyone chasing that destiny high, but who's going to actually figure out getting it right, especially if it is on an exclusive level. Yeah, exactly. And and again, just to be clear, I'm not suggesting that this is like some destiny clone. I think it's easy to look at it. Um, I bet you somebody from Firewalk right now is watching the show or listening and laughing, saying they don't even know. So it's uh, <laughs> it's still exciting that it's going to take, you know, a lot of like you said, whether it's from um, something like, you know, um, I almost said Guitar Hero and I meant to say uh yeah, from Harmonix. Taking <laughs> talent from that side as well as Halo and all this other stuff and blending it together. It's I can't wait to see it, but I think it's going to be a while too. So. Oh, yeah, it definitely is going to be a while. Uh, but it's interesting that they're talking about it now, and it's interesting how they're talking about it now. I want to go to a question that was written in on Patreon.com slash games. Uh, Dave Norridge writes in and says, Hey, Tim and Fran, hope you're both doing well. Uh, my question is in relation to the announcement that PlayStation is partnering with Firewalk Studios to publish their debut game. Why now? Why this way? With the talent that Firewalk have within their team, a big splash with the reveal trailer could have had a real impact. Is this purely a reply to the goodwill and momentum Xbox has gathered in recent months, or is the game perhaps getting to the stage where information could leak due to staffing up or alpha test? I'd love to know your thoughts, and thanks for the amazing content. Uh, and then DH Ruvenator writes in with a similar question, so I want to add it so that we can talk about both at the same time. Uh, in recent weeks, PlayStation has announced partnerships with third parties via press release without showing any gameplay. Haven, Jade Raymond's new studio, and now Firewalk Studios. Has this always been how PlayStation operates, or is this a new strategy where they want to over-communicate and state outright, hey, we have these interesting projects happening with third parties that we can't share just yet? Seems to be an industry shift. You know, we're hearing more news about that later on Battlefield too. but it seems to me we're hearing a lot more about these, like, we have to get a little bit out the door so, you know, the IGNs and the Jason Shires of the world don't completely break the first narrative on it. Um, I do think that's part of it. I think that, yeah, like this might be being tested a little more openly. Um, I don't think it's around the corner in that sense, though. You know, I think the studio is only, you know, formed in 2018 or something like that. So they probably got a ways to go. But yeah, I think it's proactive is probably number one. Um, I don't think it's reactive to whether it's Nintendo or Sony or anything like that. What about you? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I do think that I, I agree that we're probably a ways out from this, but it is good to hear that they're playing this game. It exists in some form. It's not just, oh, we're going to make a game and, and you know, we're thinking about it. They're playing something and they have been playing something. Yeah. And I think that they, those were choice words they, they put in there. And I think that it's interesting that if they have something they can play, why aren't they showing it? And that's okay. Like, obviously, games need to, to if you're going to show something, vertical slices need to be made. And is it worth all that? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that combines with them just announcing this out of nowhere. I, I feel like it is them kind of trying different things. And I think you're right, Fred, that like just the industry is changing where it's not necessarily a Xbox did this, so PlayStation has to do that type thing. But it's more, we, we don't right now in 2021 have the stages to be able to make these big announcements where it would feel right with you know the logos of pixar and, and all the different companies they're talking about like look at all the talented people we have here's this like cg trailer for this thing that has more of an impact on a stage i think than in a digital event where it's like we're seeing it where it kind of just feels more like noise yeah yeah and who knows they might have you know a lot of this news that they're spreading out across the year there's a lot of stuff happening and before you know we're used to PlayStation conferences at E3 and just all this news happening at once. So, you know, maybe with their new direct style events and stuff, they're just trying to spread stuff out. But yeah, I mean, I think it's proactive, but also, yeah, there's, there's probably stuff happening, getting people testing some early stuff that could leak and, you know, they want to be careful. We saw the same thing with PlayStation uh, VR, you know, the next iteration of that, right? We, you know, they're like, uh, yeah, uh, we just want to tell you it's coming and here's, uh, you know, it's going to have a new controller and more on that later. And, and you had the same reaction. You're like, wait, why didn't you just like show it? And it's yeah. like, because 
it's not ready to show yet, but they knew it was going to leak. So I'm sure that's a big factor here um, as well. Yeah, like actually I've been following, um, you know, this guy, Josh Hamrick, who was a senior gameplay designer, I think, on Destiny. And I'd met him in the past and he it struck me immediately when I saw the story. I was like, oh, wait, this is the company. Because like I remembered probably Monsters and all that from his bio. And I was like, this is what he's been working on. I've been waiting. There was a lot of, you know, departures and shifts over uh at Bungie, and I'm kind of curious how many, how much of the Destiny team has ended up over there. But um, we see there's, you know, a lot of other talent. Um, and I was just going to note that things do on some games do turn around fast. Don't forget how fast Apex came out of the woodwork. You know, you're looking at Fortnite hitting, you know, the middle of 2017 in terms of you know what it became with Battle Royal Royale, and then um, man, it was like what a year and a half plus yeah, later that it was like what like you couldn't believe it granted it was one map and a lot of experience in you know titanfall and modern warfare before it but uh things can happen quickly so who knows maybe there's some, yeah. some earlier surprises what i do think is going to ha start happening for sure is a shift in how industry news is delivered and i think that we are going to start seeing a lot more of this type of announcement that is getting ahead of things and just be like early things of hey this game's being worked on by this team you don't necessarily need to know the, the title of the game or any of that type of stuff but um i think that there's going to be the, a, a wider breadth of mediums in which announcements are made that they don't all have to be in the same thing where there will be some games that are announced that we know aren't coming for like five years there are going to be games announced that three months later they're released but this is i think a new thing where it's like even on the tech side of things and partnership side of things video games are going to start working a little bit more like the entertainment industry and, and movies and tv where we know those projects are in the works a lot before we even see a trailer before we actually see anything concrete and real of the project you know yeah so moving on uh, with a whole bunch of stories that kind of relate to the same thing. Story number two, Jim Ryan says PlayStation has been quietly investing in PlayStation 5 exclusives. This comes from VideoGamesChronicle.com, uh, who has a whole bunch of stories today that we're covering. So go check them out, VideoGamesChronicle.com. Quote, we have been quietly but steadily investing in high-quality games for PlayStation, and we will make sure that the PS5 generation will have more dedicated software than ever before. Uh, we have repeatedly engaged in mergers and acquisitions, including Insomniac Games in the U.S. We will not rule that option out in the future. Uh, PlayStation's recently... PlayStation recently closed its oldest first-party developer, Sony Japan Studio, but Jim Ryan told Decay the company remains committed to the Japanese market. He said, It is important for us to provide software that fits the Japanese gaming community, and PS5 has included a lot of software from Japanese developers since its early stages. We will continue to strengthen our ties with Japanese developers and release content for PS5 that fits the Japanese market. Ryan also commented on the current supply of PS5 consoles in the market and claimed that Sony had asked manufacturers to increase production Quote, there are several reasons why PS5 was hard to come by. Supply under the new coronavirus was very complicated, and we had to limit distribution to online. The supply and demand for semiconductors is also tight worldwide. We are asking our suppliers to allow us to increase production, which will flow into the market this year. That's that was my turn to comment on it, Tim. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you guys are yeah. so used to the like throwing <laughs> the tennis ball back and forth. I thought I was waiting for a second just, for maybe you to ask I a question. Just saw it and I just hear it. click, click. Well, I was I was listening. I thought what you were going to like Fred? ask me. What are your anyway, um, one thing I was thinking about um, that I was poking around at the same time was just how um, I was going to mention it before. With um, Returnals was another game that struck me. I just saw some of that footage that IGN first had released, but very Metroid prime and metroid inspired in a lot of ways granted maybe not be the same thing but yeah sony's got so much going on here um in terms of investments and it also struck me when um ryan here said that you know they remain committed to the japanese market how much it seems a little bit more clear that they're investing in you know u.s or i should say european u.s studios it seems like maybe there's been a shift in where they're putting those dollars um mm -hmm. So yeah, anyway, I think that um, it's it's an exciting time for, for PlayStation, but unfortunately there's a lot going on that we're now seeing that we can't see, if that makes sense. Like, I think Firewalk is the tip of the iceberg. Um, we know, obviously, God of War's around the corner, but I'm excited to see the stuff that we don't know about. I think there's a lot more, you know, obviously, that we don't know about where Sony, which has had a lot of money in the PlayStation war chest, is now 
out there. You know, we, we've heard a lot about Microsoft is maybe another way to put it. Like all these studios and things it's been doing, but remember how much money PlayStation has had committed to this. And um, it seems like they're not slowing down at all. Yeah, you know, I, I think that it's going to be, uh, there's going to be a rough go of it. There's going to be a lot of articles coming out that, that seem very console worry and back and forth over the next year uh, because Microsoft is still building that foundation and making money moves, like quite literally, uh, with the acquisitions and partnerships that they're doing. Meanwhile, PlayStation's kind of just like sitting on their high horse. They know they were number one coming out of last gen. They have all their first party titles. And now we kind of just are in this this holding pattern of waiting for the sequels we already know about now of, you know, we already got Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and now Ratchet and Clank's about to come out, Horizon, God of War. But then it's like, okay, cool, what's that next slate look like? When are we going to actually start hearing about all that? And I, I think that right now there's a lot of quotes being thrown around, like from Jim Ryan and otherwise, that are just like, hey, man, like we are, we're doubling down our strategy, and if you believed in us last gen, just keep believing in us because we're going to keep delivering that. Um, but them talking about there being more exclusives than ever on on playstation is is interesting you know i think that that is kind of why people want to invest in the in ps5 over the other consoles if anything uh, or in addition to other consoles is to play these exclusive games and i think that that commitment worked so well for them last gen at what point does it not work for them or can it not work for them and i don't think it's going to come i think that 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 it is the right strategy for playstation to to do yeah i mean it's really interesting with game pass really heating up I think I saw some number over 20 million now or something right with people that had had Game Pass in some form or something. So that's a huge number. Uh, obviously, these consoles go on to sell, you know, 100 million uh, or more. So, you know, I don't know what the breakdown is of, right, how many people who bought Last of Us, you know, of the whatever, 8 million people or whatever the number was that bought that will also buy the exact same high-end exclusive. So in other words, right, you need a lot of different ex big exclusives, I think, to attract um, a broad audience that, to get to that hundred million number, but I think you know that's exactly what Sony's doing. Um, they're they're putting their eggs in a lot of different baskets. So right, we just heard with Firewalk, it's more who knows maybe it's in that Halo, Destiny, whatever realm that is, and then you know you've got a lot of the other stuff going on out there. I'm sure. You know, we saw like with Demon Souls, that one shocked me that it was ready at launch, but it showed me that they were pretty committed to that genre, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. Right, rightly so. It's a huge genre, and Elden Ring, everybody wants to know. And so we'll be very curious to see, yeah, where they've been putting the money. Um, it also, though, uh, is it been in the back of my mind how much there's been just chatter of Sony's philosophy being so much the, I call it the Last of Us model, but these really epic, you know, very epic narrative style games is uh, they thought of themselves as like a movie studio, I, I think was something like the quote in terms of like vision. And um, I'm curious to see if, if that's true, if the lineup to come is going to be very high end like that, or, you know, if it's more broad than that, but I imagine it will be because I, I, I think that obviously it's working for them. And I, I think that they have hit this kind of mainstream appeal with uh playstation games where playstation games now mean something in a way that previously only nintendo games meant something when you hear oh it's a nintendo game you have a, a vision in your mind you know exactly what that means we're at a point now it's like oh it's a playstation game you have a thought in your mind and that thought is high quality probably single player you know what i mean really mm -hmm. really as triple a as it gets and I, I think that they want to double down and own that message, especially as PlayStation Studios is now branded and they're, they're continuing mm -hmm. that. But I think it's also interesting that the exclusives don't necessarily need to be PlayStation Studios. It could be partnerships like with Firewalk Studios they're mm -hmm. talking about, but also third-party uh, endeavors like Final Fantasy 16. Is it actually going to end up being PlayStation console exclusive? You know, Final Fantasy VII Remake still is exclusive yeah. on PlayStation consoles right now. And and going forward, what other games are going to be like that? Uh, Project Athia that got renamed, and I uh, yeah, we're never going to remember. Yeah, that them. game looks so rad. I'm super It looks so rad, it. but has the worst name because it's just generic uh, as hell. I forget what it is. Yeah, uh, someone in the chat is going to say. But anyways, it's like that's that's exclusive on PlayStation. Like, for, for spoken, for spoken. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it'll stick with me one day. But <laughs> It's funny because we were I was joking with, you know, some of the old IGN folks about Returnals, and you're like, what a name, man. Like, some of the names that are happening right now are just not as memorable as they need to, they should be, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm excited. Uh, I'm still, yeah, just... I'm a fan of PlayStation and Xbox, you know, um, but it's always about the games. And, 
you know, Sony hasn't failed to impress yet. It's just really early on, you know, and that, that has struck me, you know, again, over and over, like you can't get a hold of a PlayStation, but also at the same time, all the really big stuff we haven't even seen yet. It's not even close. PlayStation five is, but you know, we're barely, you know, um, peeking under the hood at what's to come. And, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting. And I know the same is for Xbox, obviously, you know, we've only seen a little bit of what is to come. So the, the, yeah, 2022, I'm sure is going to be a banger of a year for both of those yeah. platforms. 2021 though, nothing to shake a stick at. Like if, if even half of the things we know are come out, I don't expect God of War to come out, even though it is, it does have a 2021 date on yeah. it. You know, horizon also has a 2021 date. Like that might get pushed, but it might make yeah. it. Kina looks fantastic. Yes. That's coming out later this year. We know have ratchet and clank. Like uh, there's just a, there's a lot yeah. of high quality exclusives that this year are going to happen or, yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Hopefully, and you know, yeah. Bloodborne, sixty frames a second, man. I know Maybe. you're out there somewhere. Just you know, <laughs> let's make that 2021. Let's make it about Bloodborne, sixty FPS. Everybody will be happy. But uh, uh, yeah, yes. Moving on a bit, because uh, we do have even more Sony news. Uh, Jim Ryan says Sony is devising a cloud strategy that will be unique and only on PlayStation. Uh, Sony acquired cloud gaming company Gaikai in 2012 before using its technology and IP to launch PlayStation Now, which provides subscribers unlimited access to a library of seven, about 700 PS4, PS3, and PS2 games. But the company has grander cloud ambitions, and in 2019, it announced a strategic partnership with Microsoft, which will see it using the Xbox firm Azure data centers for uh, cloud gaming and content streaming services. In an interview this week, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan said Sony was not yet ready to reveal its cloud strategy for PS5, but suggested it was devising a unique offering. Quote, we're still having conversations with Microsoft about exchanging ideas. We're still talking to them about uh, exchanging ideas, and there's some very interesting stuff. So when the time is right, we'll announce our cloud strategy. We could conceivably use the cloud for our technical infrastructure, but the cloud gaming experience we're offering will be unique and only on PlayStation. Uh, later in the interview, Ryan was asked if the cloud could disrupt the traditional hardware cycle, which has seen a new PlayStation console launch every six to seven years. Quote, it's hard to answer that question right now, but history shows that sales peak in the third or fourth year. At the end of the cycle, the cloud may play some role. I'm more optimistic about the future than I was a year ago. Uh, Ryan also suggested it was too early to know if an increased focus on cloud gaming could mean PS5 will be the last console uh, from Sony. Quote, we have just released PS5, so at this point, it's time to learn how people are enjoying it, and then we'll take the time to think about the future of PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, well, once more people get a PlayStation 5, we can learn how they're enjoying it. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, in terms of the cloud stuff, it sounds to me more like they're like, yeah, we're working on it. Uh, obviously, it's Xbox has already got their stuff out the door. They're a leader in you know cloud compu computing already, so they've got their work cut out for them. Um, it's not clear to me what this means. Like, it's going to be unique to PlayStation. Well, of course, like, but... I use a controller that's connected to a cloud server and I play the game. Like it's not, I don't know how much more unique you can get than that. I'll be very curious. Um, I, I think, <laughs> you know what I mean? and, and I, I might be reading this wrong, but I think that that's kind of saying that it's not going to be game pass with X cloud, Like it's not going to be like mm. an Xbox service on PlayStation. It's going to yeah, be, he might be to talking PlayStation. About the, the model for the payment to get access to it yeah whatever it yeah. is but like because they're partnering with microsoft but i think that he's clearly trying to say like it, it, don't expect x cloud and game pass on, on a playstation console uh this yeah. is I, I think you're right that a lot of this is lip service just in the sense of them like stalling like we don't have anything right now but we're planning to have something uh yeah. him saying that you know that he is at the end of the cycle the cloud may play some role i'm more optimistic about the future than i was a year ago that, mm -hmm. that last line, the more optimistic than a year ago, it's like, yeah, the tech is evolving and it's not there yet, but it will be there one day uh, in mm -hmm. terms of the internet stuff. And, you know, Microsoft's blazing the, the trail with xCloud and Stadia, you know, came out and kind of sacrificed itself so Luna could walk. Well, who's going to run, you know? Yep. Yeah, I, I sure hope it's not the last console, you know, and I'm sure you relate. I know you relate to me with this, Tim, because as much as I love Netflix and all the access, like it, the quality just sucks. Physical media, um, baby. It just sucks compared to the fidelity that you get, like from ultra 4k Blu-ray, you know? And so I hope gaming doesn't become exclusively that because, you know, it might empower so many more people to make games, you know, who knows with, um, you know, the, 
the consumer model of how much money is made on cloud gaming versus you know access on a hardware system but um it's, we're a long ways away from it but I, yeah i mean i hope this isn't the last one for for that and also we got a long way to go for quality uh with all this cloud cloud stuff i think it's worth noting i've always said like i think the cloud stuff's cool but wherever we go i personally want to have the option to like download you know the game still it's and i would feel the same way about my netflix right now right like i would love the instant access but also let me queue up some stuff that I want in like super high quality. Like, why don't we live in a world where we can get that? Well, because it's a crap ton of data and like, it's hard enough, you know, just to get your, your war zone updated, let alone like <laughs> 10 versions of that. So you, I guess we'll see where all this goes, but I hope that quality uh, isn't sacrificed, but I'm getting Me off too, topic. Man. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, moving on more PlayStation updates here. Sony confirms it's testing PlayStation plus video pass in Poland. This was talked about yesterday a little bit. Uh, it was leaked. Now it is, it's, it's real. It's confirmed. Uh, the service, which was leaked via PlayStation.com yesterday allows PS4 and PS5 users in Poland to access over 20 movie and television shows from Sony pictures as part of the PlayStation plus subscription program with more content being added every three months. The test will run for a year in Poland. SIE's global service VP Nick McGuire told Spider's Web uh, the exec said the company decided to hold the test in Poland based on specific data and that Sony would monitor the popularity of the service before deciding on a full launch. We want to see how players will benefit from such a service. What titles do they watch? What do they care about? How often do they use them? Uh, at this stage, however, I cannot say whether it will be created and what the test process will look like for other markets as well as what the future is for PlayStation Plus Video Pass after the test period. We know very well that we have a large base of players in Poland who stand out due to their commitment and activity in the network and social media. Yeah, so explain this to me. I mean, I'm obviously familiar with Sony selling movies and everything, uh, but you can get Netflix on PlayStation 5, right? And yes. So, I, yeah. But the, a lot of those titles aren't on Netflix. So this is essentially yeah. just giving you access to certain movies a lot of and the, TV like shows. The Sony library and stuff like that. Being right? added to, which Sony right now doesn't have a streaming platform uh, th themselves. Yeah. So this is just adding more value to your PlayStation Plus subscription. Something that uh, Xbox has been doing a lot recently too with uh, their you know, Xbox Ultimate or Game Pass or whatever the one, the package is, but also coming with a month of Disney Plus or right. a Spotify subscription or things like that, like those type of partnerships. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, value. I was just thinking they used to put stuff on like Crackle because um, they own or owned Crackle. And um, yeah, so I, I think it's a combination of those things. Man, we have too many freaking services. Like I'm, I'm starting to see that on my credit card bill where it's just like, you know, apple.com slash bill, like, like six things in a row. And you're like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. Like there's every publisher you know like you got to get peacock now and it's like come on man <laughs> yeah right when are we gonna run out of steam on having like eight freaking streaming subscriptions but here, here's my uh, thing like the the streaming subscriptions the too many streaming con subscriptions conversation the the streaming wars all that stuff i stand with the fact that i will pay the five ten dollars a month for the services if they keep giving me the original programming that is unique to that service yeah, that like i want to watch Plus is amazing right now sure. and, but that's the thing is like so many of the, the stream platforms it's like we can complain but everyone every time i see the argument that's like oh man we used to pay 120 dollars for cable and now it's the same thing we just we're back to that it's like no the difference is we're getting way more high quality original programming than we ever got on cable from all of the major providers. Oh, yeah. And you don't need to do it all. You can just do the ones you want. I think it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But I, I mean, agree. The, there yeah. are certain things that are too much. And PlayStation Plus Video Pass, I don't see this as a streaming platform as much as it's just, it's added incentive. And like, it's, this is no way their answer to Game Pass or anything like that. It's just added incentive to. to yeah. I mean, do we, value. we do think it would be that though. It would be like a streaming video service for $4.99 or $6.99 a month kind of thing, right? Yeah. I Something imagine. Like I imagine that this, if it makes it past this test period, is just rolled into as added value to PlayStation Plus. Okay. I doubt it'll have like uh, its standalone thing because I just don't think that they have enough content to compete with a Peacock or a Netflix yeah, that's what I was or any about. of those okay. things. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on a little more here, more PlayStation news updates. PlayStation now upgrades to 1080p streaming. This comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Sony has announced that beginning this week, PlayStation Now will add support for streaming 1080p-capable games. Uh, they shared the news on Twitter, confirming that the rollout will take place over the next several weeks across Europe, US, Canada, and Japan, where PlayStation Now is available. Up until this change, PlayStation, 
PlayStation Now only supported streaming of up to 720p for its over 800 games. The service also allows for over 300 PS4 games to be downloaded to your console with resolutions of up to 4K. Uh, those subscribed will be able to take advantage of games like Marvel's Avengers, Borderlands 3, and The Long Dark, which were all added earlier this month. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's an upgrade. I don't think I have much to say about that. It speaks for itself. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a pretty huge up to upgrade, right? Like 1080p, it's like that's that's the standard, right? Like that's kind of getting to to a new upgrade where it's like, all right, that's not necessarily outdated. I know that now 1440p and uh, 4K are, are the goals, right? But especially on the PlayStation side, that doesn't even support 1440p right now. Like 1080p, especially for older games, like the, the PS3, uh, PS2 games, or I guess not. Yeah, PS3 games and PS2 games. It's like those things... Some of them are 1080. A lot of them aren't. Though. Yeah, it it actually. Yeah, I mean, you are right. It's it's if you were to calculate right the percentage, it's a big upgrade. Um, it's significant and and you know it's a uh, higher resolution than Breath of the Wild. So I think that's you know also Absolutely. speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I, I also got to laugh at this. Like I don't keep up with PlayStation now enough, and sometimes yeah, I see stuff where I'm like, wait, yeah, Marvel's Avengers and Borderlands Three. Like they're also available as PlayStation Now. PlayStation Now is the I I don't get it. It It's the worst marketed thing in the world because we're all the same way about this. There are evangelists for sure that are out there that that are always like, why? When are games media people going to stop this narrative that PlayStation Now doesn't matter? And it's like I don't know what it is that makes it feel like it doesn't matter. It's just the way PlayStation bungled the launch and then never really had like a relaunch it just kind of kept improving it in the back end and now it just yeah. exists <laughs> yeah and i mean playstation now is built off of the whole gaikai i think cloud you know investment that they made way back then right um it's just funny talking about it on the back side of the uh, cloud news because i'm like yeah i mean they kind of have something kind of going already it's just not you know up to today's standards really right and it's, it's yeah. different but anyway more i know like you said some people out there are advocates and use it it is this is exciting news for them it's a pretty significant upgrade it probably pissed them off it's the same as like when we go to watch like a new movie or tv show and you're like wait i can't get you know 4k on this app or wait it's not dolby vision you feel such a downgrade once you're you know at the top so it's absolutely exciting. Um, before we move on with news that's not PlayStation related, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. They want pizza, you want Chinese, and someone's craving froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. Someone recently in the comments uh, was just like, "Can you imagine like being at a party and so, like there was an argument of what to order, and one person wanted Chinese, one person wanted pizza, and people wanted froyo? <laughs> like that is just the the most." random combination but i love it and guess what if that were to happen all those people could be happy thanks to doordash with over 300,000 partners in the u.s puerto rico australia and now canada you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose your favorite national restaurants like popeyes chipotle or cheesecake factory for limited time you guys can get 25 percent off and zero delivery fees on their first order of 15 dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter code games 2021 uh for canadian listeners use code games ca i love doordash i use it way too often if i'm being honest but it is Same. fantastic and i love the service and they 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 deliver <laughs> i did it you i did it over that? that's, uh, really that's that's 25 off up to 10 dollars value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store under code games 2021 in the u.s and games ca in canada don't forget, that's Code Games 2021 for Game C8 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Next up, shout out to ExpressVPN. Are you running out of shows to watch? Would you like access to the next upcoming anime or British crime drama? Of course you do. You can access uh, them with ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. You open the app, select a location, tap one button to connect and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. Uh, you can choose from almost 100 different countries so you can watch Studio Ghibli films on UK Netflix. You can watch some anime 
anime on Japanese Netflix, Doctor Who on the UK Netflix. We're popping all around, watching a whole bunch of content. Uh, and this works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and more. Compatible with all your devices. You can stream in HD, no buffering lag. It's great. Go to expressvpn.com slash games to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash games. Uh, next up, shout out to HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Kev, you love HelloFresh? It's so good. What you been eating? <laughs> uh, what a pollen. Paul, what was the last time we made it on HelloFresh? We had it like yesterday. It was delicious. I think there's so many different recipes. Hello Fresh oh, nacho potatoes. Oh, my nacho God. Nacho potatoes, I... baby. And that's the <laughs> thing. They were vegetarian. Time. They were vegetarian because Paula is, and they have those options. They also have options for a whole bunch of different types of meals. Uh, HelloFresh has a wide variety of easy, delicious options for three meals a day, plus every snack and special treat in between. Uh, so many people at Kind of Funny Love HelloFresh. Kevin, obviously, Blessing is a user of it as well. Go to HelloFresh.com slash. 12 games and use code 12 games for 12 free meals including free shipping that's hellofresh.com slash 12 games with the code 12 games for 12 free meals including free shipping back to the news Woo. a lot of talking today friend oh yeah a lot of talking um story number six battlefield 2021 to be revealed soon this comes from ash parish at Kotaku. Today, EA announced it's working on two new Battlefield games and promised a console slash PC release for later this year. We have our biggest team ever on a Battlefield game for console and PC, wrote DICE General Manager Oscar Gabrielson. T Together, we are creating a jaw-dropping experience for you to enjoy later in 2021. Gabrielson said the game is currently in playtesting and teased a reveal to come soon. In addition to a new console slash PC release, he also announced that Battlefield will be coming to mobile devices in 2022. I'm super happy to be able to let you know that our friends at Industrial Toys, working closely with all of us at DICE, are developing a completely new Battlefield game, bringing all-out warfare to smartphones and tablets in 2022. Uh, he also said that this would be a completely different game from the one they're making for console and PC. Yeah, you know, they actually put up a little bit of a blog on this, so if you want to go into more detail, you guys can go find it pretty easily. Um, but yeah, there was details in there about yeah it being the biggest game. Um, this whole idea of it returned all-out warfare is a headline. I'm very I'm trying to read between the lines on what that means, but I'm picturing you know they're always so big on like vehicles, huge maps. They've got Criterion working on it as well as Dice LA. I mean they they've been collaborating with those teams across the board for a long time but um i'm excited i've been such a battlefield fan for so long um famous story battlefield 1942 came out the same year as metroid prime and we had to vote on those game of years and i played more battlefield than anybody else but of course i voted for metroid prime because hell yeah hey, come on baby. but it was a tough choice it was tough man so huge battlefield fan i would love to see the franchise it's always like it's always good um and it's always got so many high quality components but i feel like it's just been it's always been on the cusp of being amazing again if that makes sense you know what i mean so i really hope to see something a little more unique this time and it sounds like that's where they're going with it whatever whatever this means with the biggest team ever yeah man it's it's really interesting to me i i wonder what battlefield can do to kind of gain back some market share because i feel for a long time there was the competition between call of duty and battlefield and i feel like mm -hmm. every year there were defenders on either side for, for this reason or that reason, whether like the war stories campaign from uh, battlefield one, I think it was like, I really, really loved that. I thought that was great. And that was them kind of standing up against the high quality campaigns people expect from the annual call of duty releases. Right. But seeing call of duty kind of morph into war zone now, which is undeniably more in the competitive fields with the Fortnites and apexes of the world. Right. Yeah. What does Battlefield do to, to kind of stay relevant? And I think them putting the biggest team possible, having multiple teams all working on this together, is, is a sign that they, they know that they need to, to do something big, right? Yeah, I think you're, you're scratching the surface of probably one of the big focuses, which is they tried um, Battlefield Royale. I forgot what it was called. Um, it was just part of Battlefield 5. Uh, boy, it was Firestorm or something, right? Yeah. Um, 
but they, it was sort of very short-lived, surprisingly. Some people I remember, they were like, yeah, it's kind of cool, but there was so much competition and it just didn't have enough to stand out. Um, so I do think that's probably one major cornerstone. Um, but yeah, I mean, Call of Duty kind of has the model. Amazing single-player narrative experiences. Uh, when they hit, they hit amazingly well. Um, they're not super long experiences, and that's fine. They're just so high polished. And then meanwhile, they got you know a straight up super fast, high adrenaline multiplayer component that's like Black Ops right now. Um, they got that style, and then they've got their huge battle royale, which it was tough for them. Even you know they did Blackout, um, and then they that sort of felt like you know PUBG, but a, a step forward you know in terms of what Call of Duty brings to it. But then man, Warzone hit, and it just completely took over and so i think they're looking at all that and i assume they're doing a lot of that and you know battlefield though the one thing it has done better than all of them has always been the vehicular integration so Mm -hmm. um i mean yeah again going back just remembering like having the joystick on my desk at work over at ign and logging off for the day and staying up till 4 a.m um trying to like hop in the helicopter um so I i think that's something that they can bring to it still um go really big scale Totally. So, and, you know, it's yeah, really interesting. And, you know, we, we've seen this kind of work against them in the past. But what's different about Call of Duty versus Battlefield here is Battlefield, EA, EA, Respawn, Apex. They already have that uh, yeah. big multiplayer or uh, Battle Royale uh, title. But that's EA. That's not DICE and them, right? So it's like I wonder if they're going to want to compete with themselves, uh, with themselves being EA, or if they're they're going to try to just do something that is not at the Battle Royale, that it make Battlefield its own kind of experience that some of the other guys seem to be moving away from a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Um, and I was thinking about it, though. Like, technically, are they... Yeah, because Respawn is still its own company, right? And so they're licensing exclusively, technically, right? All this? Like, they don't own Respawn, do they? Yeah. yeah. They own, do, they own do Respawn. They, did they actually invest 100% in it? Okay, yeah, maybe they did. Yeah, but I would, so I was one. I was like, yeah, if they already have the battle royale and they're also making hand over fist in terms of the microtransactions, um, yeah, do they really need another one? And would it take away from it? Like, I don't. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, what's the point of that? But um, I assume they want to innovate on that big scale battlefield. So, um, so yeah, I, I do think that all the things that we hit on, they're probably still chasing. But yeah, hopefully something you know new and unique that we never thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even with Call of Duty chasing games like Fortnite and uh, Apex at the time, right? You sort of said the same type of thing. Like, there's all these games. Like, do we need all these? But it's just kind of also the way that audiences shift. And maybe that is the most important point of all is that you need to have the product there and ready as attention wanes on some of these. And they mm-hmm. go in their cycles and you need more than just, you know, one bet there. So... Uh, moving on in more EA news. Good news here. Story number seven, Xbox, ah, sorry, Xbox FPS boost coming to EA games. This comes from Major Nelson. FPS boost is coming to EA games on Xbox Series X and S with support up to 120 frames per second. First announced back in February when it was rolled out to a handful of games, FPS boost is a hardware-based feature that employs a variety of new methods for nearly doubling and in a few instances quadrupling the original frame rate. Um, now there's a whole bunch of EA games being added added including battlefield one battlefield four mirrors edge catalyst which oh my god that's gonna look awesome with that frame right uh battlefield five plans for zombies garden warfare one and two sea of solitude plans for zombies battle for neighborville star wars battlefront star wars battlefront two titanfall titanfall two and unravel two uh, there's a catch to the blisteringly improved frame rates. However, in some cases, a boost in frames per second means a reduction in resolution. That's not for every game, but some games will have FPS turned off by default. You can manually turn on FPS boost if you prefer performance over resolution. Uh, and these are in the, some of the more demanding games, Battlefield 1, 5, uh, Battlefront 2, Titanfall 2, and I guess Unravel 2 and Plants for Zombies as well. But uh, more games being added to the FPS boost. Uh, again, so much value with Xbox. We got Game Pass when you get the EA Play with that as well. And all of this working in in harmony is kind of Xbox at its best, right? Yeah, I think it's awesome they're adding support. You know, it's definitely about user preference per the note with some of these options because, like, you might have a fancy new 120 hertz TV and you really want 
you know, to go down that road of high frame rates. But in a lot of these cases, depending on which, you know, if you have S versus X, you're going to get a different uh, quality on that. Um, and it's something to keep an eye on, actually. Just remember not just to flip this stuff on and assume that it, you know, would look as good, um, especially if you're getting 60 frames already. You know, there's, you don't necessarily need 120 hertz for everything, by the way. Uh, as beautiful as it is, if it's going to be a quality reduction, I personally, I'd be like, hey, like, Keep an eye on that. If you can choose to go back to 60 and you're not like, you know, getting cracked in an esports tournament, you know, you might be able to, to go down that road. Yeah, man, it, it's cool that Microsoft now actually, you can go to majornelson.com slash FPS boost. Uh, and there's a list of games featuring FPS boost and they're just going to start continually adding to it. And uh, it breaks it down by what the game is, Series X, Series S, uh, and if the feature is off by default or not. And if the game's in, in, included in Game Pass, and that's interesting because it just like at a glance you can see all the different games that they're adding for this that are it, it's awesome. Like I, the, just like the backwards compatibility over the years, they've kind of kept adding and adding and adding to the point that it's like, oh, there's something really robust here, and this is now the same team working on making the Xbox the best place to play old games. Yep. Yeah, and it is really awesome. Like again, a lot of these are older games that they should be able to run, you know, 120 frames fine you know if they're able to optimize them right especially on xbox series x so mm -hmm. when i see something like titanfall 2 for example mirror's edge i'm like oh do those like is that 1080p 120 frames hertz you know a second okay i would love to see that um but i play everything on my pc but um you know it's it's a really good service and to your point it's nice that microsoft remains committed to it and it doesn't look like it's slowing down yep absolutely uh then Finally, our last story of the day. Story number you eight. Sure? <laughs> uh, the latest CD Projekt Red sales numbers are in. This comes from Daniel Ahmad on Twitter. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has sold 13.7 million copies by the end of 2020. So that's that's just the, the two months, if even it was out uh, in 2020. 13.7 million. <laughs> you know? uh, the Witcher series has sold over 50 million copies since its debut. Over 30 million of those are from The Witcher 3. Uh, the Witcher 3 had its second best year in history last year. Uh, so that's pretty crazy. Like, yeah, all, all they got to do... Go for it. I was going to say has released, you know, a cyberpunk Netflix series, and then they'll sell another 13.8 million. Making it's on it the, the way. Next year, and then they'll double their sales. So, yeah. There's the cyberpunk anime coming to Netflix next year. Oh, that's right. From, uh, from Trigger, Trigger Studios, which is going to be are awesome, hopefully. But uh, next-gen console editions of both Cyberpunk and The Witcher 3 will launch in the second half of 2021. Uh, and in regard to the 13.7 million units that Cyberpunk sold, so this, this is some, where it gets really interesting here. 56% uh, or 7.67 million copies were PC, 28%. We're on PS4, 17% Xbox One, uh, and then 73% of the, of the sorry, 73% total were sold digitally. So if we assume all the PC sales... for a second, by the way. Like, wait, <laughs> it does kind of look like it. <laughs> what? Uh, if we assume That's all the PC it. sales were digital, that means digital sales on console were a minimum of 38%, likely higher. And the total budget for Cyberpunk was $315 million. It's a lot Jeez. of money. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's big budget. <laughs> so crazy sales numbers every which way. Um and it's it's interesting looking at the the stats here of the fifty-six percent sold on, on PC, right? Like that's I guess not the most surprising thing, but it's it is pretty it, rare for a big triple A game to sell better on PC than console, right? Even yeah, if it is this type of game. Yeah, I think it goes to show you how much, you know, that studio does have uh, goodwill with that audience, you know, especially because of Witcher and previous games. Um, so, uh, yeah, it doesn't totally surprise me there. And then I do think, out yeah, there was a lot of people waiting um, on next gen. Um, so I think we'll definitely see that boost still to come yeah. in years to come. And plus, like, they have got you know, presumably still more con. I mean, they do have stuff coming out, but they had recently commented how multiplayer may not be at all or what they said it was going to be, I think. And so things are shifting a little bit, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to when the games like the next gen versions out, all the bugs for the most part are patched because it's, it's become yeah. a blurry story of like this huge, huge budget game that was so marred at launch. And I think it's got a really bad stigma, but I played quite a bit of it. I mean, it has so many, bright spots to it um and so uh i don't know if it can ever really recover from that but you know 
13 million yeah. copies sold. I wonder how many people were happy with their purchase. <laughs> that would be another yeah. number to well, I look mean, at. That's, that's what's interesting is, you know, of that 13 million, that almost almost 8 million of them were on PC, and PC was the system that didn't have the issues. You know, it had normal game bug issues. Well, not, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it didn't have like the... A lot of normal game bugs. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally, totally. But, but you know, you're that's... right, it didn't, it, it didn't like have trouble running like yeah. as long as you had a decent setup, whereas on PS4, it was like, wait, what am I playing? You know, as, as I saw, you know, it, sometimes it was just unplayable. Yeah, absolutely. And so what's interesting to me is the this percentage being so high on PC versus uh, the, the other systems and consoles. It's like, I wonder how much of this is because it wasn't even on the PlayStation Store for so long, right? Yeah. So it's like these numbers could look very different if, uh, if the game wasn't as... I'm gonna also, use a good point. Today. Yeah, would, this have, would it have pushed through you know probably would have easily pushed past 15 16 mil um mm -hmm. but it's funny how many people just already had pre-ordered it and they bought it regardless a lot of those sales happened in the first few weeks i forget how fast it got pulled from the store it was within a few weeks though right so yeah i don't i don't remember exactly either but it, it was, was pretty fast earlier on yeah but everybody already bought it you know and so it's a it's a weird situation i know some people had trouble um with the return process after, I mean, they did have an interesting return process, but I know that it got a little like difficult after, but um, anyway, yeah. we're way past those days. seems like we a, are an eon ago. Those, those days, but if cyberpunk will ever actually be fixed, that question, the answer is so far away. I don't know even so know where I was trying away, to get with that. If I want to know what's coming to mom and grab shops today, where if would I want to know when cyberpunk 2078 is <laughs> coming out? <laughs> uh, the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Thank you. appreciate you guys thank you very much for that um out today we got atelier mystery mysterious trilogy deluxe pack coming to pc ps4 and switch uh buildings have feelings 2 coming to pc xbox one ps4 and switch moto gp 21 battle axe smelter uh dungeon and gravestone all of those coming to pc xbox one xbox x s and switch dead dust xbox one Xbox X, S, and Switch, Moon Raider, same thing, and we are the caretakers. So that's fun. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Go enjoy your video games, yeah, heathens. Um, <laughs> let's see. Where are we at today? You know what? Let's do a little squad up here because yep. Johnny Samsonite, that's his real name. That's a, I, that can't be their real name. I think it's his real name, and I appreciate it, and I love that's it because, because his uh, PSN name is Nugtats, N-U-G-T-A-T-S. <laughs> Nug tats. Uh, he says, I need help getting all white character tendency on Demon Souls remake for PS5. If you can help, that would be awesome. Thanks for your consideration. Go, so go check out. that out. Go help out Nug Tats, Nug tats AKA, aka Johnny, Johnny Samsonite. Isn't that the coolest <laughs> name? Like, I hope that that's cool real. Names, <laughs> so good. Um, and then let's see what we got wrong in the You're Wrong section of Here the we show. Go. We can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Um... Not a correction, but a clarification from Pixelated Soul. In November 2017, EA acquired Respawn Entertainment for $151 million in cash and up to $164 million in equity. Do own it outright, yeah. Um, Kate011 says, technically, Sony owns Funimation and Crunchyroll as of recently. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that they, they don't have a network uh like production studio streaming service like a peacock that they are going to put all of their sony pictures properties yeah, all on. genres on mm -hmm. um, especially with all the deals they're making with disney plus and netflix which good lord that's insane i don't know if you saw this friend but essentially sony partnered with netflix so that when it's movies leave theaters after the exclusive window they're going to go to netflix but after that there's a two-year window they get there then they get put on disney plus Oh, so Sony's no, just like, you give me money, you give me money. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> motherfuckers. It's a bold strategy, it's, but Spider-Man's going to have quite the, the runaround. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Charles Jacobson says, it's worth remembering the Firewalk Studios title will have the PlayStation Studios branding, so ultimately it will be compared to the in-house games. That's interesting. That is interesting. I'm trying to think of of other examples of that. Yeah, where it's a third party that's exclusively... I guess would Insomniac stuff carry that branding at all? Like, will Ratchet carry that? Insomniac's going to have PlayStation Studios, but they're owned now. Well, that's right. Now they're owned, though. Uh, yeah, but I guess they weren't owned when they made Spider-Man. That's what I was getting at before. Was, yeah. But and I don't know if PlayStation Studios branding it didn't exist when then. it first came out. Yeah, exactly. But, it, but I wonder if it would be part of it. Huh. I would I would think that they would be fine with the branding because it, effectively it's a second party, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that makes per- – I don't know why it wouldn't include the branding, but it, you're right. It is a new like – it'll be a new like look in there. Okay, Corey Cudney says Returnal is an example of having the PS Studios logo from with a third party. Oh yeah, because they don't own Housemark. It's Armature in them, and oh yeah, Housemark and Armature. Yeah. And then um, Jay Pong says Subo Digital with Sackboy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, and yeah, there you go. I guess Demon Souls. Second Although that party. gets a little complicated. Anyways, who cares? Yeah. I care. It's kind of cool stuff. Uh, Fran, thank you so much for hosting with me today. Um, you're going to be time. back tomorrow with blessing have you done a show with blessing yet yeah yeah I, those are the last shows that i was on recently i think it was just okay. last month so i'm excited to get back on cam with none other than blessing it'll be fun love it love it uh we're about to do the patreon post show that you can get on patreon.com slash kind of funny games thank you very much for watching we love you uh if you're watching on twitch stay tuned we're doing some real cool stuff today which i think is blessing and andy playing more resident evil 7 kevin is nope. that correct not even close nope uh, not blessing. even close what's no, happening mike and barrett playing and will be the show baseball. there we go hmm. they got some baseball we're gonna knock it. it out of the park so i'm gonna sure. wait all right guys stoked Love you guys. Bye. Bye, everybody.